Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi there, I'm Winnie, and I spent years working overtime at night for my boss. He just won't stop asking me to come to work at night. When he denied me the overtime I was entitled to, I made sure he regretted it. I knew the corporate world was going to be tough, but people said it'd pay well. So even though I took game design in college, I swallowed my pride and started working at a financial company. Everyone said I could never make money as a game designer. The market was saturated and that there were thousands of people out there with more experience and better ideas. Even my parents and my closest friends discouraged me from following my dreams. They didn't believe in me. Whenever I'd start talking to them about the games I wish I could make, their eyes would just glaze over and they'd brush me off. Yeah, huh. Sounds interesting. But anyway, how's your job at that finance company? Are you getting promoted yet? Some of them would even just outright disregard me. Oh, that again. When are you going to give up on that? You know it'll never happen, right? If you just focus on the job you have now, maybe you won't be a secretary forever. It really hurt when people would say things like that especially when it came from people I loved and respected. I realized, to most people, the only thing that mattered was how much money you made or what title you held. I fell into a deep depression. I didn't like my job at all, and the people around me had no faith in my dreams. Nobody believed in them. And so, eventually, even I stopped believing that I could achieve them. I followed my parents' advice. I just put my head down and did my job. I slaved day and night, doing other people's jobs for them, taking orders from a boss who was only the boss because his dad owned the company. And the only reason he could keep his job was because I did everything for him. All the things he didn't know how to do, I took over and did it. All the mistakes and blunders he would make that could have hurt the business, I fixed. But after everything I do to save him from his dad's wrath, he doesn't even pay me enough and tells everyone the mistakes are mine. He's always quick to grab the credit when something goes right, though. I never expected that my life would turn out like this. Living in a crappy apartment with paper-thin walls, treated like an absolute moron by my manager who's younger than me. Then my parents yell at me for not having enough money to send to them, and I end up apologizing. I've never even had any time to meet guys, so to top it all off, I'm still single. Where did I go wrong? Nevertheless, I'd been in the same job for years, and if I quit just like that, all that effort was going to go down the drain. Or at least that's how I thought about it then. 
I pushed my unhappiness aside and just kept working. When we landed a billionaire client, the workload began to pile up. My boss couldn't handle all of it, so he began calling me in to work in the middle of the night to finish the stuff he couldn't. At first, I was eager to have more stuff to do because, finally, I thought I could earn more than the measly few dollars they paid me per hour. I figured I'd get paid overtime. But after the first month and my pay didn't change, I asked about it. It'll reflect next month. Accounting's just dealing with some stuff. And after the next month and I didn't see my overtime pay, I asked again. It'll come next month. But after several months where my overtime wasn't paid at all, I began to complain. And my boss did not like that at all. How dare you even complain? Don't you realize there are a hundred girls who'd kill to get your job? You should be thankful I don't fire you. Bring this issue up again and you're fired on the spot. I had no choice. I couldn't lose my job. I was paying for my little brother's tuition and my parents depended on me to send them help. What little I had left all went into rent and food. I didn't even have savings. One night, during a fearsome storm, my boss rang me in a panic. You have to get in here now. The power went out, and I have to finish a report for the billionaire client by tomorrow. But, sir, if the power's out, how am I supposed to write up the report? His account consists of a lot of data, and besides, there's widespread flooding in the streets. There aren't any cars out, and the ones that are are floating in the water. You're going to get here one way or another and bring that binder of yours. You're going to write everything down manually. You have a calculator, right? Now quit complaining and do the job I'm paying you to do. But, sir... And then he hung up. I was going to say he doesn't even pay me for it and that my regular salary has been late for the past couple of months. Last month, he gave himself a huge bonus and yet, Everyone's pay was late. I gritted my teeth and walked through waist-deep floodwater with my bag above my head. I braved the storm to our office, and when I got there, it was chaos. It looked like the boss made the whole office come in. He'd forgotten that he had a meeting with one big client we had. Even I didn't know that he'd scheduled that. Once again, his blunders meant more work for us and I was pretty sure nobody was going to get paid for it. Oh, good, the idiot secretary's here. Why didn't you remind us that this meeting was set up for tomorrow? You could have saved everyone all this trouble. We could have rescheduled. Everybody heard those lies, but they believed him, of course, and the whole office fixed disgusted stares at me. They were looking for someone to blame, and I was an easy target. While you're here, can you get the pizza delivery? The least you could do is serve everyone dinner. He's downstairs. Pay for it. I'll get you back tomorrow. He'll never pay me back. I knew that much. I handed the pizza guy the only money I had left, and I served everyone dinner. I got to work and finished every single piece of paperwork my boss couldn't handle while he lounged in his office, watching YouTube videos. At around two in the morning, we finally finished. He gathered everyone in the lobby, and I thought he was at least going to thank us. Instead, what he said ruined my life. 
We shouldn't all be here if it wasn't for Winnie's lack of oversight. Now you all had to come in to fix her mistakes. And I just want to say, we cannot afford to pay you all overtime. Everyone was up in arms. There was booing. However, what we can do is fire the culprit. That means we'll have some extra cash in hand and we can pay you all. But sir, I didn't, it wasn't my... Too late for apologies now, Winnie. You screwed us all, so you're fired. Pack your stuff, clean all this mess up, and lock the doors when you leave. Not only has he not paid me for the years of overtime he owed me and the past two paychecks that were late, he had the gall to blame me for his own stupidity and fired me. Me! And now I get to clean up their pizza boxes? I had enough. Once they were all gone, I slipped out and bought buckets of raw shrimp. I charged it all on the company account. I hid them inside curtain rods, in the vents, behind toilet seats. I especially saved an entire bucket for my boss's office. Raw shrimp was stuffed in the ceiling, under his expensive rug, in his golf bag, and in the designer Italian shoes he paid a fortune for. For weeks, they're going to wonder where the smell is coming from, and for weeks, the whole place would smell rotten. The very next morning, I went straight to the Department of Labor. They gave me a lawyer, and I sued the heck out of that place. I got them for wrongful termination, and they were sentenced to pay me back for every single cent that they owed me, including five whole years of unpaid overtime. But the best part? I heard they had to close down the entire building a few weeks later. Even the police got involved. Everyone thought someone or something had died in there. The smell was so bad one day that the boss threw up right in front of everyone, and he had to throw away his golf clubs and his precious Italian shoes. Luckily, I'd already won my lawsuit by then, and they'd already paid me. To the sweet tune of a couple hundred thousand. I used that money to start my own company. We were small at first, just me and a couple other girls in a garage. But then we released our first game on the App Store, and it was a success. Two years later, and here we are. I'm the CEO of a small but fast-growing game-developing company, and I don't need to clean up anyone's mess anymore. Last week, one of our first releases just hit 10 million downloads on the App Store. For so long, people told me that following my dreams would end in disaster. But the opposite was true. I did what everyone told me, and I ended up hating my life. But as soon as I set my eyes on the one thing I loved to do, everything fell into place. So remember, don't give up on your dreams. No matter what anyone says, live your life for yourself not for what other people think. 
Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hi everyone, my name is Cassie, and I'm so perfect that all the boys lose their heads over me. However, at some point, all that changed. Well, I'm so perfect that I shine brighter than the sun. I mean, there's got to be a reason why all guys lose their head over me, and probably their vision, because I'm a real dazzler. Every one of them dreams of being my boyfriend, and I'm hoping amongst all this mighty crowd, to find the one who will also dazzle me with his brilliance and ideally with some diamonds. Boys fight for my attention all the time. I'm used to it. Once, two boys even did a motorbike race for me. I sat bored in the bleachers of the stadium, painting my nails while they rode around. I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. I left the stadium immediately after a local rich kid texted me. Oh, you have no idea how long I've been on the hunt for him. For the first time in my life, I had to chase someone, instead of turning around and laughing at the poor saps who tried to chase me. But unfortunately, I got my hopes up for nothing when Mark asked me out. He just invited me to a party, and then he just treated me like a friend. But it's better than sitting in the stadium and waiting for two idiots to finish a useless race. Anyway, I was enjoying my life as Miss Perfect. At some point, however, I sensed something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed various prophetic signs as early as this morning. For instance, my hair dryer stopped working. I accidentally broke a nail with a nail file. How is that possible? Well, somehow it is possible. I must have been cursed by some evil nail master spirit. Also, I was in such a hurry to get to school. I wore a shirt that totally didn't match the skirt. At first, I wasn't surprised that the boys weren't paying attention to me. After all, I wasn't in the best shape and they must have noticed my broken nail. However, it turned out to be much worse. A new girl came to our school, who wowed absolutely everyone with her beauty. Even Mark, who I'd been chasing. That's when I knew I was screwed. Not only was she more perfect than me, I wasn't even in the best shape that day. And the new Miss Perfect also noticed my broken nail, my flawed hairstyle, and my horrible shirt. Who is that? I asked my classmate. Her name is Rebecca, and she's joining our class. What? She's going to be our classmate? Oh, no. As soon as the new girl walked into class, I was afraid that all the guys were going to choke on their drool. How pathetic and ridiculous they look. I just sighed heavily and sent out a group message that I was inviting everyone to the party on Saturday. After all, I've been in the school longer than Rebecca, and I've built up quite a reputation. Plus, my parties are legendary but no one showed up on Saturday. I, of course, was outraged, so I tried to find out where everyone had gone. As it turned out, Rebecca was also having a party that day, and everyone went to her place because she had a pool and a cool DJ was playing. This is outrageous! I yelled out. I was so angry, I smashed a carafe full of punch. I couldn't take it anymore, and I went to the party too. I wanted to know what I was being traded for. There was lots of delicious food and drinks, 
guys were swimming in the pool, and the DJ was rocking the crowd on the dance floor. Whatever, nothing fancy, just a regular party. Mine would be cooler. When Rebecca approached me with a tray of snacks on it, I gave her an arrogant look and smacked her on the arm. And all the food went flying onto the ground. Who do you think you are? You come to our school and decide you're in charge? No, that's not going to work. I'm in charge. You're nobody and will stay that way if you continue to show off. The new girl started crying. I was pleased with myself for bringing Rebecca to tears. But I didn't expect all the boys to turn against me. The boys immediately started calming her down. Why did you come here? You've only spoiled everyone's mood. Get lost. Their bluntness made me gasp for air. Rebecca was embraced by my admirers. And I was supposed to leave? What? Am I in a parallel universe? I had no other choice. I left the party in tears. The next day, I was in for a real shock. Mark gifted Rebecca a red Porsche. He was moved by the girl's tears that he decided to cheer her up. Happy Rebecca hugged the boy and kissed him on the cheek while I burned with jealousy and anger. Porsche? Seriously? Just over some tears? If I had known it was that easy, I'd be throwing tantrums for Mark every week. I wanted to throw rotten eggs at that car, but that would probably ruin my reputation even more. Instead, I decided to be friends with Rebecca, and then after, I discovered all her secrets. Destroy her. But as soon as I approached the new girl, she was immediately surrounded by her high school football players, who used to carry me in their arms. Stay away from her. One of them said, I just wanted to talk. You already talked once and made Rebecca cry. We won't let her get hurt. You go near her again, and we won't let you get away with it. Got it? Threatened the other one. Holy crap, are they all crazy? Maybe Rebecca had some kind of magic and put a spell on all the guys. I thought nobody would ever look at me now, but I still had admirers outside of school. So I decided to start dating one of those motorbike guys who did a race in my honor back then. His name was Zach. He won, by the way. We drove up to the supermarket on this awesome motorbike, and we looked great. Right up until the moment when Rebecca and Mark pulled up in their limo. They made us look lame and ridiculous. At the store, Mark was buying Rebecca everything she pointed her finger at, and I had to choke down a cheap candy bar because my boyfriend spent most of his money on gas. Hey, I caught Mark by the arm and took him aside. Do you know she's taking advantage of you? Rebecca's a nice girl, and she's not capable of that. You, on the other hand, really liked my money. And you were the one who wanted to take advantage of me. So back off. He pushed me away and walked over to Rebecca holding a brand new purse. No, that's not how it works. If this little upstart thought she could outshine me, she's dead wrong. Because I wasn't about to give up without a fight. First, I decided to find out more about who Rebecca was. Luckily, my boyfriend's dad was a cop so I was able to get some information about her. Turns out, Rebecca and I went to the same primary schools. I immediately remembered an invisible girl who I used to make fun of a lot. No one ever noticed her because all the attention was on me. Was she now determined to get back at me? I also found out that one time, Rebecca got into a serious fight with some girl and her parents got a fine. Hmm, why don't I just get her involved in a fight? Then her reputation would definitely be ruined. Well, why would you do that, Cassie? Zach asked, while waxing his bike. I want my reputation back. I want everyone to lose their head over me again. But you already have me. Why do you need others? The guy hugged me 
and I wanted to scream at his stupidity. What do you mean why? Zach was not the best option. I wanted guys like Mark, not poor guys on motorbikes. You wouldn't understand. It's, you know, a girl thing. I giggled stupidly. The next day, I did my best to provoke Rebecca, but she remained calm. And I was about to say goodbye to my reputation at school forever when I overheard a very interesting conversation. Rebecca was talking to my classmate and telling her how annoying Mark was and that she only puts up with him because of the money. She also added that she's sick of all her followers and that she wanted to steal my boyfriend. Wow, that was unexpected. It's a good thing I filmed the whole thing. I told Zach about it, but he wasn't supportive. Well, why don't you post that video for all to see? It'll only help her, and now she's suffering. But then everyone will be disappointed in her, and I'll go back to being Miss Perfect. To me, you're already perfect, and I would never look at someone like Rebecca. I don't know why, but his words really impressed me. No one had ever said anything to me like that before, and Zach was able to surprise me and make me feel good without money or gifts. But despite that, I didn't want to back down from my plan. Putting the video online was too easy. What about playing it during our traditional end-of-school-year ball? The effect would be amazing. For me, of course. When I got to the prom, I wasn't surprised to see all the guys hanging around Rebecca. Hardly anyone paid any attention to me. And I was about to give the memory stick to the prom host when I noticed something. Rebecca was reluctantly dancing with every guy and kept looking at me. I noticed the look of dissatisfaction on her face. Well, of course, but I couldn't care less about her, and the new girl just wanted to make me suffer. I looked at the memory stick, smiled, and put it away in my clutch. Zach was right. There's no need to ruin anything, because Rebecca, sooner or later, will ruin everything herself when she gets tired of the circus. I left the ball with a happy look on my face and went to my boyfriend's. So shall we go for a ride on the bike? I asked. Whatever you want, he answered. For the first time, I enjoyed our time together. We went to a secluded place, watched the sunset, and cuddled. At that moment, I didn't care about Mark or my reputation at school, and I certainly didn't care about Rebecca. But on the very last day of school, something interesting happened. As I walked down the corridor, I was suddenly attacked from behind. It was Rebecca! She started a fight right in front of everyone. You always piss me off. You drive me crazy now. I've done everything I can to ruin your reputation, and you don't even respond to it, she yelled. Everyone was shocked, and I pulled out one of her tricks and started crying. All the guys immediately ran up to me to console me. Even Mark came to my defense. That was the moment Rebecca destroyed herself and ran away from school in shame. You were right about her. Mark said. I'm sorry I didn't believe you at first. Do you want to go out sometime? He smiled and took my hand. Get lost, I said calmly. I'm not interested in people like you anymore. Everyone was shocked when I blew off this rich kid. I was relieved. I got my reputation back. Mark asked me out on a date, and I had the nerve to reject him in front of everyone. And then there was my boyfriend, Zach waiting for me outside of school, who wouldn't trade me for any Rebecca. Being perfect is great, and being surrounded by admirers is fine too, but it's more important to be surrounded by people who see more than just your perfect looks. They see your soul. Zach made me realize that, and now I'm happy. Do you consider yourself a perfect person? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested in reading them, and be sure to share this video with your friends.
I was gone for five minutes, but five minutes was always enough for them. When I went back to the table where my boyfriend Mike and I were having coffee, I saw some girl who I didn't know sitting in my chair. She didn't seem bothered by the fact that my purse was hanging on the back of my chair at all. What about Mike? Well, he didn't seem to have any idea what was going on and was smiling like nothing had happened. It pissed me off. I wasn't ready to put up with another stranger this time, so I decided to act in the spirit of a typical bouncer. I walked up to her, grabbed her by the hair, and dragged her aside. Ouch! The girl screamed. What are you doing? Help! I was attacked by a psycho! You'll know how it is to hit on my boyfriend. A shocked Mike froze and decided not to interfere. Finally, I let go of the girl's hair. And she ran away so fast, she should be in the Olympics. Everyone in the cafe looked at me with horror. She was messing with my boyfriend. As if apologizing, I said and returned to the table. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a little jealous, but I can't help it. My boyfriend is incredibly handsome and graces the covers of many fashion magazines. Mike was 17, and he was already working at a very famous modeling agency. He participated in fashion shows, starred in commercials. I do not know what he saw in me, but it was love at first sight. I had just moved to a new school, and I was already head over heels in love with the handsomest guy in the world. That's usually how an unrequited love story starts, but I got lucky. Mike came up to me one day and said, Would you like to go to the movies? I was taken aback, but still squeezed out of myself. Uh, sure. And so we started dating. Yeah, some would say I found my happiness, and I kind of agree with that. But it wasn't that easy. Mike was never alone. He had girls around him all the time. At school, in class, at the modeling agency, cafes, movies, the playground. It was as natural for Mike as breathing. I was suffocating with jealousy. But that was just the beginning. In and out of school, I was always near him. I was more or less calm about Mike. But when he went to Paris for a week, I started going crazy. And with eyes red with fatigue, I was 24 hours a day monitoring his social media. And God forbid there was a girl in the picture. And then Mike was back and I was happy again. As for the cafe scene, yeah, I lost my temper a little bit there, but it's understandable too. Once we were supposed to do a biology project. When they started announcing couples, I had my fingers crossed. I wish it was Mike. I wish it was Mike. Miss Morris, meanwhile, announced, Katie and Rob. Oh, shit, I blurted out, but quietly. Miss Morris continued, Mike and Tiffany. It was comparable to a knockout. Tiffany is the captain of the cheerleading squad and just a walking stereotype of the school beauty. After class, I went up to Miss Morris and tried to protest her decision. But all I got in response was, Your opinion doesn't matter here. Rob, who had been standing beside me the whole time, said, Are we going to work on ours? I let out a sigh of despair and nodded affirmatively. Rob was over the moon, and I noticed that he liked me for a long time. When I found Mike at recess, I asked him, Where will you be working on the project? Tiffany invited me to her house. Cool, I think they have a hot tub. I tried not to show, but it was hard. 
Not only was Tiffany beautiful, but she lived in a huge mansion where she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Her parents worshipped her like a deity. She could do nothing but dance, though. I tried to start from afar. Look, is Tiffany even good, do you think? Kind of, Mike answered briefly. And she can dance. I think so. I couldn't help but blurt it out. Do you think you could fall in love with someone like Tiffany? What? What's your point? Just answer it. I don't think I want anyone but you. I smiled, but it didn't make me feel any better. Tiffany had her eye on Mike for a long time. I knew that for a fact. She'd told her friends in the locker room once, if I was dating Mike, we'd be the prettiest couple in school. Well, that's not going to happen, I whispered. What? Mike asked back. I said I love you. I love you too. It was project day. We had to do an experiment on a live mouse and find out how the reward system worked. This required building a small cage and a cheese dispenser, like in the textbook. Generally, I loved biology, so I was sure that Rob and I would have no problem, especially since he was a straight-A student. I invited the guy over to my house. Rob showed up an hour early and brought a bag of chips and a Coke. We started working on the project, but something inside me was rebelling. I couldn't concentrate and reread the textbook page by page just to understand it. I couldn't stop thinking about Mike. Knowing that he was in Tiffany's house at the same time was excruciating. Rob, meanwhile, had finished the cheese dispenser and asked how things were. Great, I lied. But, you know, let's put it on hold for a while. But we have to turn it in soon. We'll make it. I wanted so badly to go to Tiffany's and take a peek at what was going on to put my mind at rest. But I didn't want to go alone either, so I lied to Rob again. Look, there's just one thing we're missing here. We need to go somewhere and get it. Why don't I run home? Rob suggested. <laughs> don't be silly, I said, and we went to Tiffany's. I didn't know what to do yet, but I was determined. Mike is a great guy, but he doesn't know how to say no. He's too cooperative, and who knows what can happen when he's around a girl like Tiffany. I knew where she lived beforehand. I guess I felt like I couldn't take it. So there we were. The house was really big, like the kind of mansions where old reclusive aristocrats live, or vampires who lure young girls there. At that moment, Tiffany herself was the kind of vampire I needed to get rid of. Here we are, I told Rob. Wow, is this Dracula's residence? <laughs> That's funny. Rob was embarrassed. All we have to do is sneak in through that window on the second floor. What? I thought we were here for a detail. Yeah, that's where Tiffany lives. And while I'm looking for the part, you're going to ring the bell and pretend you're an encyclopedia salesman. But she knows me. We're in the same class. Trust me, she has no idea who you are. Okay, fine. But I don't like it. I patted Rob on the shoulder and climbed up to the second floor, gripping the gutter tightly with my hands. It was pretty high, and I didn't want to fall down and die right here in front of Tiffany's house. As I climbed onto the balcony, I looked down and waved to Rob. He waved back. I waved for him to go to the door and ring the bell. The guy left. I opened the door and went inside. Everything in Tiffany's house looked pompous and expensive. Marble floors and stairs, huge chandeliers, paintings on the walls. Yes, a vampire lives here for sure, I whispered to myself. I walked down the long hallway. 
I didn't know exactly where the terrible Tiffany's lair was located, where she lures naive, handsome guys like Mike. At that moment, Rob rang the doorbell. I barely had time to hide behind the curtains. First, I saw Tiffany come out of the room, and then I saw Mike. He came downstairs too. While they were gone, I slipped into the room. There was a mouse cage on the bed and a textbook next to it. Well, that doesn't mean anything yet, I decided. We need more information. I couldn't think of anything better to do than hide in the closet. A few minutes later, Mike and Tiffany returned. Rob is a weird kid, Mike said. I've never seen him before, Tiffany said. He's in my class. I still haven't figured out why he came here. Okay, let's keep going. Let's. Where were we? Something that makes you feel good. Ah, that's it! I couldn't take this betrayal anymore and jumped out of the closet. I knew it! Tiffany shrieked in horror and rushed over to Mike. You're in love with Tiffany! What are you doing here? There was no face on either of them. Watching you cheat on me. But we were just working on a project. I heard everything. Where did you settle on? What makes it fun? I mocked Mike ineptly. That's part of the experiment. You have to give the mouse food to program its actions. Without pleasure, it won't budge. There was an uncomfortable pause. We can't go on like this, Mike said irritably. What are you talking about? Your paranoia. But no, Katie, it's over. Mike, not wanting to hear my excuses, left the room. I guess you can find your own way out, Tiffany told me sarcastically and ran after Mike. I came home depressed. I couldn't believe Mike had left me. All because of Tiffany. Who am I kidding? My inner voice said. This was all my fault. Why did I have to go to her house? I knew Mike would never lie to me. But it was too late. I woke up with the distinct feeling that I had to get Mike back. But how? Thinking about how to get my boyfriend back, I had completely forgotten about my project with Rob. Thankfully, my classmate had done it alone. I found Mike and Tiffany at school, standing at their desks, talking. I went over to the girl. Oh, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to barge into your house and act stupid. What else do you call someone who doesn't trust her loving boyfriend? Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, Tiffany replied. I went back to Rob in the mouse cage. Both of our projects got top marks. I didn't have much to do with it, though. But I promised Rob I'd go to the movies with him to see his favorite sci-fi movies sometime. Cool. The guy was happy. After class, Mike came up to me and said, as if nothing had happened, What a hassle with these mice. Try to get them to run a maze for a piece of cheese. You did it. So did you. He took my hand and walked me home. Of course, my jealousy didn't magically disappear. But at least now I wasn't sneaking into other people's houses and punching the next girl who fell in love with Mike. Beauty requires sacrifice. What would you do if all the girls at school were in love with your boyfriend and tried to take him away from you? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. There's a whole pile of money in here. There's so much money, it'll be enough for several generations. I excitedly told my boyfriend. You should talk to your parents about it. They should explain to you the origin of the money. Johnny replied thoughtfully. What if they didn't know anything about it? Maybe I should just take some of it. I continued to reason. No way. First of all, it could be someone else's money. And secondly, it could have a criminal background. My boyfriend suggested, which really scared me. Strangely enough, 
I didn't even think <gasps> about it. You're right. Maybe I should discuss it with my parents. Hi everyone, my name is Mary, and I recently found out that there are millions of dollars in my house. But despite that, our family lives on the edge of poverty. My parents are farmers, so they live in a rural community, or more accurately, in the middle of nowhere. For the sake of my future, they sent me to the city to study. Now I only come home on weekends and school breaks, and the rest of the time, I live with my grandparents. In fact, my parents used to be quite well off. We had a nice apartment in the city, but we had to sell it after the fire at the farm in order to rebuild at least some of the destroyed property and start farming again. It's going to be different now. We can't afford half of what we used to be able to afford, of what we used to be able to do. Dad said sadly, as he stood on the ashes and wiped a faint tear from his cheek. But my parents didn't want to change anything. The thing is, we belong to one of the oldest families that had been farming for centuries. It runs in our veins. My grandfather was a farmer. My father was a farmer. But I would like for my children and my grandchildren to choose their own path. My father always says proudly, and I'm very grateful mm -hmm. to him for that. I would like to be a stewardess or a model, but I haven't made up my mind yet, and I still have time to think about it. Think, think, my dear. But if anything, you can always take over our family business in the form of hay, manure, and cows. My daddy smirked at me. And when he said that, I didn't feel like fooling around and letting things happen by themselves. By the way, my parents are very brave people. They were supposed to continue taking care of the family business after the wedding, but they had the courage to run away to the city for a better future, so I could grow up in a different environment and get a decent education. And I think I'm on the right track. I've made a lot of new friends in the city, and most importantly, I met my love, Johnny. What are you doing? Just put your foot here and the machine will wrap the film around your shoes. Are you from a village? Said Johnny when he saw me for the first time. I was trying to pull a bag from the shoe cover machine. Yeah, from the village. I said blushing. How ashamed I was of myself. But if it weren't for that incident, I would never have met my love. Johnny and I have a lot in common. We listen to the same music, we love sushi, and we both bite our nails when we're nervous. When I go to my parents' house, my boyfriend misses me a lot and looks forward to my return. On one of those trips, I decided to clean up the barn to help out my parents a little. But it turned out to be so old that at some point, the floor just collapsed and I fell right through it. Man, that hurt. Mom used to always tell me to eat more food. If I'd been a little thicker, I wouldn't have fallen through that crack. I grumbled angrily at myself. It was easier to fall through than to get back out. I hope I don't starve to death in this hole. I muttered and decided to look around. I turned on the light on my phone. There was nothing around except a strange box. I had unrealistic hopes for its contents. I hoped to find tools in it that I could use to break up the rest of the floor and get back to the surface. However, its contents were more than unexpected because the box was filled to the brim with money. What a find! There's a fortune here! A dream come true! And what a pity it's come to me now, when I can only use it as toilet paper or a handkerchief. I said ironically, trying to figure out how much money was in there. At that point, the money didn't really matter, because I had to get out. And when you're in an extreme situation, you have to use whatever you have on hand. So I got on top of the box of money, broke the floorboards above my head, and climbed out. That sure went well, I said, wiping the sweat from my head. 
After the fall, my bones ached and my head was pounding. What bothered me the most was my discovery. There was a fortune in that box and it could change our family's life. Realizing this was terrifying and exciting at the same time. So I covered the hole in the floor with junk and hurried away. Where did this money come from? Who does it belong to? Do my parents know about it? And if they do, why are they living on the edge of poverty? I pondered. I didn't ask my parents that time. And when I got back to town, I decided to tell Johnny. He assured me that no matter what, I should talk to my parents about what I found. Okay, this weekend I would definitely do that. I promised my boyfriend. And for the next few days, I imagine the conversation I'll have with my mom and dad when I go home for the weekend. Do you know that you have a lot of cash lying around in there? Do you want some dough? Look there. Don't have enough money? Just get it from the barn. That's about how I imagine the beginning of my conversation with my folks. I really don't know how to tell them what I'd found because it wasn't a $10 bill. Confusion, fear, panic, joy, excitement. I think I was going through the whole range of emotions, but I was still able to pull myself together and start talking. Mom, Dad, last week I fell through the floor in the shed and found a whole bunch of money in a box. Do you have anything to say about that? I said boldly when I arrived at my parents' house. I'd been preparing, and that's why my words sounded confident and clear of any doubts. At that moment, I was ready for any reaction from my parents, from indifference to a fit of rage. I hope you didn't touch them. My dad didn't even flinch. I didn't, but why are you so calm about it? As if millions of dollars mean nothing to you. Maybe there's something I don't understand. I answered suspiciously. My mother was clearly nervous, putting her apron on and taking it off several times. Yes, of course I know about the money. But the most important thing you have to understand is, you must never take a cent from it. Dad said sternly and went back to his business. All my next questions were simply ignored, and that put me in a kind of stupor. Parents count every penny, save on everything, and yet they have millions of dollars. It's weird, I thought. I came up with two main theories that day. I was open to the possibility that my parents' savings from the old days were put aside and that they were intended for my studies at a prestigious university. The other version was that my father got the money through some crooked way, so he was afraid to spend it. But knowing my father's honest nature, this version seemed completely absurd and unrealistic. However, I decided to do my own investigation anyway and Googled information on unsolved thefts and burglaries in recent years. And I managed to find something interesting. Some time ago in a neighboring city, an armored car was robbed. The criminals got away with millions of dollars and the police never managed to find them. What's more, the date of the robbery was almost the same as the day of the fire that happened at our house. It all made sense. Out of desperation, Daddy decided to make some extra money for the family and committed a horrible crime. And now it was clear why he had hidden that money so carefully and forbade me from touching it. He's just afraid that he'll be found and locked up for the rest of his life. God, what a nightmare! How could Daddy do such a thing? And who was the other burglar? I wondered aloud, trying not to panic. The next morning, I had to go back to the city. But it wasn't the alarm clock that woke me up. It was a loud conversation outside. I looked out the window and saw my dad talking to a man. And it was hardly a friendly conversation. Don't worry, your money will stay intact. And my daughter will live the life she wants. We'd rather be poor, but free. My father said to the stranger, 
It was clear that the man had something to do with that money and that it was somehow directly related to me. I decided to waste no time and act because now the truth was closer than ever. Why don't you tell me what this is all about? I said defiantly, running out into the street. My father was surprised and hesitated for a bit, and the stranger looked at me with an appraising look, smiled and said, So that's who you are, our future daughter-in-law? After these words, my father shouted at him and sent him away. I was so shocked, I couldn't say a word, and just looked at my father in confusion. All right, I'll tell you everything, he said sadly and went into the house. That's when I found out that the stranger was a rich man from the community that my parents had fled from years before. Some time ago, he found out about the fire and our financial situation and decided to seize the moment. You know very well that members of our community shouldn't get involved with outsiders. So it's best for everyone if your daughter marries my son, he said to my father, opening a suitcase of money in front of him. He was offering my father a huge sum of money and in exchange, I had to marry the stranger's son, but my father flatly refused, so they made a bet. The man said he would leave the money with us, and if not a single bill disappeared before I came of age, then daddy could have the money for himself. But if anyone took a cent, my daddy would give me a way to marry his son. Now you know everything, so I'm asking you to forget about the money for a while, and then in a year, we'll be very rich. Daddy said hopefully at the end of his story, and then he added, Look at the son of that weirdo. How could I marry you off to such an awful guy? He showed me a picture on his phone. It was Johnny. I mean, all this time, my dad's been doing everything he could to keep me from doing what had already happened. Yes, Daddy, I think you're right. I said as I hurried to get my things so I could catch the bus. My head was a mess. But one thing I did know was that we could basically start spending money now. Johnny wasn't someone I wanted to keep away from, and I'd be glad to be his wife in the future. Do you think I should tell my parents and start spending that money, or should I wait a little longer? Share your answers in the comments, and be sure to like this video if you enjoyed it. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.